Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks, hailing from Labrador, weighing in at 182 pounds. I am John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this show. I am currently broadcasting from my kitchen, so if there's interruptions from a seven-year-old girl and a Labrador puppy, I apologise in advance. Um, with me, joining me on this voyage, is a man bigger than Gary's Coupon win at the weekend, it's Big Alex. Who's also recording from his kitchen, so it's like kitchen section today. Yes, yeah, you can probably hear from that. And talking about Wigwins and the Coupon, Gary is with us, uh, Scotland's premier wrestling journalist and a man currently obsessed with buying socks for some reason. Um, Gary, talk us about your, through your, nothing to do with wrestling, but just a good old-fashioned football Coupon win at the weekend. Ah, you know, just for clarity, I'm not in my kitchen, but um, my kitchen is about 10 steps away from where I'm sitting now, so close enough. Um, but I, I think it's actually the first coupon win I've, I've had ever that's been over four teams, because uh, I normally stick on comebacks, that's normally mine, but I, free bet, stuck on eight teams, £375 for a, a free fiver bet, so aye, I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> are, you going to, are you going to invest your money in more socks? Or this week you, you revealed to us that the, and Randy Orton has his own line of fashion now. Sadly, the t-shirts are not on sale yet. So oh. um, so I will we'll see if my 375 quid disappears before he gets the t-shirts on sale. But uh, I, it's, it's looking pretty nice. I know that, you know, wrestling merchandise can be a bit hit or miss. We, we like a fair amount of the wrestling merch, but some of it were very, very... Um, a bit dismissive of so yeah. that it could be really bad. Uh, this looks really good. It looks even better than Randy Orton's WWE merch. So, yeah, <laughs> so no, I guess that's absolutely. one way to sell it. Absolutely. We you don't see, we should have just been lying and just telling everyone he was already wearing it. Aye. <laughs> yeah, we, we're yeah. all suckers for merch. I, I ended up buying this week um, a Jake the Snake kind of fanzine t-shirt and the crossover. It's finally hit WWE Euroshop if you're interested, guys. The Motorhead Triple H crossover t-shirt is now available on WWE Euroshop, so get involved in that. It's a cracker. And they've not how many years too late is that t-shirt, though? I mean, when did Motorhead first play for Triple H? And they uh, they made a slight um, error on some of those t-shirts that I don't think made it to the the EU uh, Euroshop. Uh, well, they had triple HHH written on it. It's like, well, that's nine H's. There's that's, that's no triple H. <laughs> but I don't think they made it to the Euro shop. I think they were only on the US store for a wee bit. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, before we crack on the show, I just wanted to touch on something that's kind of come to my uh, attention via your good friend, Sean Ross Sapp. Um, Gary, it seems to be that WWE are obsessed with splitting up duels at the moment. Last wee while, we've seen the split up of the Iconics. Golden role models, Murphy and Rollins on last night's Raw, spoiler alert, uh, Andrade and Garza, Cedric and Ricochet, and then they've released the AOP. Aye, bit of an odd one. Um, that, for me, see, I always think they tend to do this after WrestleMania, and I don't think we really got that this year, so I don't know if it's just everything being condensed into one. Maybe also 
I know that no all of them are for Raw, but a lot of them are for Raw, and well, the ratings for Raw haven't been very good. Uh, although saying that, on the opposite side of that, I think we saw Keith Lee and his real-life partner, Mia Yim, doing battle in the ring last night, because she's a member of Retribution, or well... Maybe not officially, but she's under the mask. So maybe maybe well, there's we'll another get, split they're trying to enforce as well. We'll get on to that a bit later on in the news. Alex, do you think that this might be a sign that WWE might unite the tag titles? I mean, obviously, uh, in KFAB, you know, they've been putting Street Profits up against um, Cesaro and Nakamura, which I... My prediction is this, right? Because they've split up all these teams, they're going to bring the tag team into one, tag team division into one, and they'll do a uh, unification that clash of the champions. What do you think? Am I talking shite? I'd be 100% for it, but I just don't know if there's that amount of long-term storytelling in this. I'm a little bit worried that this is just, we need some new feuds. What's the best way to get feuds split up tag teams? So I'm more on the side of just it's lazy storytelling personally. I've got a trivia question for the both of you. Oh, I guess. Any of you name me a tag team on the Raw roster that isn't the Street Profits that are currently active? Yeah, because the Viking Raiders don't count. And, uh, oh. See, it shouldn't be this difficult to name a second tag team on the roster, really, should it? Do you want to know why it's so difficult? There isn't because one. there's none. <laughs> there really? Yeah. Literally only the Street Profits on the Raw roster that is an active tag team right now. Right, well, that expl- that that does hint towards them unifying the tag titles for me. You can't have a tag division with just one team. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they haven't just like put Bobby Lashley and MVP in there and been like, yeah, her business now also do tag teams. So I, I'm trying to think. Of- that would be. I, I think they would be brilliant in the tag team division as well. But that is the, the that is the odd part of it where it's like they're obviously doing this stuff with retribution now as well. So. I, I there's no other tag team, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. What do you they do. think that Vince, you know, has in a typical Vince way, has sort of seen the, the spotlight shone on AEW's tag division, which is obviously off the scale, and he's just went the opposite way just to be Vince McMahon. Is, is that <laughs> the... We might as well no compete. Never mind. We'll just... uh, <laughs> there's no, there's no chance we're going to have a better tag team division than AEW or Impact. Let's just forget about it. Yeah. I mean, the big thing with Vince, I mean, reading from a few tag team wrestlers in the past is that he hates tag team wrestling and the only reason that he hates tag team wrestling is he has to pay four guys as opposed to two. <laughs> that is always... But why did he let Teddy Long be the general manager of SmackDown? <laughs> oh, massive fail on his part. Massive fail on his part. I just thought it was an interesting point um, this week that, you know, when Sean Ross uh, Sapp uh, pointed it out. But um, yeah... We'll wait and see what happens with that come Clash of Champions. So um, we've not got any big interviews this week, like Chris Jericho last week, but Gary is teasing something big for next week. I've seen him on his Twitter saying that he's got someone from NXT UK. Yeah, um, I've got Ginny from NXT UK tomorrow, um, the fashionista. Uh, so that'll be a fun one, but it's mainly going to be me asking about the stuff I need to ask about NXT UK's return, you know, what safety measures have put in place and all that kind of thing, what it's like wrestling in the BT Sports studios in front of nobody. Um, but also I'm going to have somebody for MLW next week uh, who people might not be too common with uh, common knowledge with who's in MLW, but this person has a very famous second name, one of the Von Erics. So, oh, really? Uh, so that'll be an interesting one because obviously there was that Dark Side of the Ring episode with the Von Erics. So oh, yeah, yeah, hoping yeah. That, uh, hoping that's early next week and then we can hopefully have it in two weeks on this that, podcast. Oh, yeah, that's proper wrestling royalty right there. 
Um, well, so weird that we're at the stage now that a standard question is asking about what safety procedures they have in place. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad times. <laughs> I know. Well, um, we'll be doing all the usual stuff. We don't have an interview this week, but we'll be burying and putting over stuff from the big shows. Once again, travelling on the Wrestling Daft Raft to Fantasy Booking Island. Last week, uh, we were put in charge of booking Brock Lesnar as a free agent. It has been neck and neck on the votes, so we're going to reveal who won the booking because John's face has given it away again. I've, God I've not even. Do you know what, Alex? I've not even checked, but I thought we'll just do it as and when we do the when we get to fantasy booking island. We'll find out who has won. It was close between me and Gary, so we're neck and neck for a long while. So we'll find out who's won fantasy booking island a bit later on in the show, um, and we'll get another booking on the go because that's how we're doing it now. Um, we'll also be finding out about this year's G One with Big Alex and turning Japanese. I can see. If you're watching the video version, he has a very nice backdrop. Is that of all? Is that the draw? Is it Alex? That is indeed. That is indeed. And I've prepared you a lovely little introduction that will probably just sound like me rambling. And then at the end, we're going to play a little game of how many wrestlers did John recognise? Excellent. I look forward to that. So if you're watching the video version, you'll see that. But otherwise, if you're listening, it will make sense when we get to turn in Japanese a bit later on. Uh, but first, let's cut a promo. I have. A lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, give me a mic. I've got something I want to talk about. Now, this is probably going to be slightly controversial. Um, Gary, you, you're engaged, aren't you? You've got, you've got a... Yeah, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Alex, you're still in Engaged, the but um, I wouldn't have had to be married after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex, you're in, still in the singles market, aren't you? Yeah, living the dream. There you go. And the singles division rather than the tag team division. <laughs> yeah, the division that people care about, apparently. <laughs> well, you boys aren't married, right? Now, I've seen a few, you know, across the way, you go to weddings, and there's one line that always stands out to me, right? And I saw it on Facebook, someone had just got married, and the line is this, right? I can't believe I've just married my best friend, right? Now, I've got severe issues, right? Because... <laughs> Listen, I adore my wife. I love my wife. She's given me two beautiful children. You know, we're very compatible, you know, but she's not my best mate, right? There's a big difference between your best friend and your other half, okay? Right. My best mate goes to the pub with me. We knock back pints. We talk about the football. We'll talk about the wrestling. You know, we'll make rude comments, whatever. You, you talk about the wives. You talk about the wives. You talk about their trouble and strife. You know, you can't do that with you. your best friend's not your wife. Now, I, listen, me and my wife, are, you know, we're good. We're, we're friends, obviously we're friends, but she's not your best friend. And I think if anyone... Well, we tolerate each other, we're acquaintances. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? We're flatmates, we just share houses. But, you know, what, but do you know what I mean? It's just like... Your best friend's your best friend, you know. Think of Chuck and Trent, you know. You know, your best friend is very... I thought you were going to say Chuck and Billy, and I was like, that's my little best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's very different. I would say if you think your wife's your best friend, that's fair on you, you know, and maybe you can argue against me, but does you, question this, does your wife go to the pub and sit and talk about the football and have a couple of pints with you, slag off people, make wood jokes, all that sort of stuff. If she doesn't, she's probably not your best mate. 
listen, she's your wife. Absolutely. You love her to bits and stuff, but not your best friend. So my, my, my promo this week is people that you say, I'm I need my best friend. Thoughts? I've got another one on that that I hate in terms of weddings when people say it has made me the luckiest man on earth and I'm like, did you win 375 quid for a free bet all day? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. I'm not <laughs> I, I, I hate that saying anyway. I'm like, have some self-value. You're not the luckiest person. You both work at the, the, the gill. That's how relationships work. Uh, absolutely hate that nonsense. Excellent. Well tagged in, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> week on the marks we like to go through all the shows in detail separating the good from the bad as we bury and put over stuff from it um none of us usually do smackdown but i think we're all going to start fighting over smackdown soon enough and uh, give somebody else like raw uh, but as usual we'll get a guest mark on to do smackdown for us and making his second appearance that's two time it's uh, craig brookfield how you doing craig good mate so Good to have you back on, my man. We know what we're getting with you. Uh, <laughs> reminders of your wrestling credentials. Uh, so I was the one that met John Morrison and uh, Ricochet playing a computer game. Um, another wrestling credential could be that I've seen Hulk Hogan against Yokozuna beside Edinburgh Airport. Wow. Uh, when I was wee, it was like Hulk Hogan's like, um, oh, what can I say? Like It was like his farewell tour before he left WWE before, and then... That was like his last run before he went to WCW, so they did like a European tour. So I had a, it was like an arena that's like next to Edinburgh Airport, it's tiny, and I seen that when I was about eight or nine year old. Might be pound for pound the happiest day of my life because I was just like a big, massive Hulk Hogan fan when I was here. Are you still a Hogan fan? <laughs> no. Well, let's get into the shows from this week. Um, coming off the back of uh, All Out, it was AEW Dynamite, Alex. You mean the million dollar viewer episode of AEW Dynamite? Did I use the word dollar? Damn it, I ruined it. Um, yeah, the million viewer episode with the Florida humidity still fucking everyone up because we had a bit of a big botch from Jungle Boy and then Luchasaurus taught us all how to not eat cake with a mask. And interestingly, it got a million viewers, but they didn't even manage to sell out the allocated tickets. Is that didn't right? They? Yep, didn't they sell out the allocated tickets, but obviously everybody was watching at home, so <laughs> I guess with <laughs> air conditioning on. It's a situational thing than, yeah. uh, than the show-based thing, let's yeah. be honest. And in Florida, when things are still rife, I wouldn't be going to a show in Florida. <laughs> no, yeah, and I think I'd be watching on the telly. <laughs> I, I think everybody was dying all out for the humidity, so I guess maybe they wanted to go back after it. <laughs> After sitting in that. Yeah, what can you do? Even though there was lots of lovely character development this week, we had like the little MGF and Jericho turning out to hate each other. And the big spoiler was that MGF has been signing off on Wardlow's checks. See, long term storytelling. Love it. But into the meat and two bones. First put over of this week Jake the Snake Roberts. Because every week that man is consistently one of the best promos in any show. He sounds like a rambling madman, but I think that is just his character now, and he is just a rambling madman, like what Rick used to do back in the day, just go off on one and everyone listens. And this new snake's going to tire, he's been rocking, like with the little patches on his clothes. I'm loving that. And to top it all off, Lance Archer used his catchphrase correctly for the first time, which was just delightful. 
But we're going to have to move on. To some... <laughs> Sorry? It's only been about two months. <laughs> but of course, the first bury, because we love burying names here, has to be the vicious fictions. Why, why, why did they have to go for another alliterative name? And then, I mean, I wasn't actually going to bury it until I saw that their T-shirt is now a picture of Vicky Guerrero in a bikini. And I'm sorry, that's not something I particularly want to see. <laughs> or do I think it's particularly good taste? So, yeah, that's, that's going to have to go down. And I'm going to have to go for two buries this week as well, because something else happened that's really ticked me off a little bit. Why the hell did Jacob, the, why the hell did Jericho and Hager need to join the tag team division? First of all, what does this leave like Santee's that considering they're in the same like faction and are currently in a feud with another tag team and don't really have any of the same pool as singles wrestlers? And secondly, it's not as if we need more tag team than the tag team division. There's fucking loads. It just <laughs> yeah. seems like a bit of a, maybe just to get Jericho to some kind of double first burn to hold both belts or something like that. But And you can't even see it being anything that ends in like a... Because my first thought was, oh, maybe they'll have that as like the implosion and they'll circle and have the two teams against one another. But it doesn't really seem like there's an obvious way to go there either. So we better Maybe splitting one. Hager away from Jericho, maybe? Yeah, but, oh, I mean, I, yeah that could be a... Oh, I hope, I hope no, that's a waste of Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> and as well, like, I think Hager suits the rule perfectly, and now they've got all these other big men who I personally think are better big men than yeah. Jake Hager, especially like Brian Cage. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of carbon copy in many ways, so I, I, I don't want to see it, and I'm kind of disappointed in that. So... But the last one of the night is, is, is kind of, it's, it's about 90% put over and about 10% bury. So Mr. Miro turns up Yay. to AEW Dynamite. So we're all very happy to see. And like, he looked genuinely so chuffed to be back in a wrestling ring. Did maybe go a little bit too far trying to amp up what little crowd was there. As I don't really think you get that effect when you have 100 people in the crowd, which was a bit of a shame for him. I think that was maybe a lack of, of just because he hasn't been in the ring recently and just expecting more noise. And it's the first time he's been out to like an empty crowd. But yeah, it was great. I mean, the outfit, I love the trousers. I'm slightly questioning the Gucci Mickey Mouse t-shirt. But <laughs> I'm, the opposite. Big... I'm the opposite. I love the t-shirt, but not the trousers. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So you can have the t-shirt. I love the trousers. Everybody wins. But my other, my other big question is, this: the best man is a gimmick. I mean, um, I, I like the way he's trying to justify it and stuff, but I'm not really too sure how, how that's going to pan out in the long run, really. But if you can just do a Jericho and make himself up a new name next week, so it's probably not that big of an issue and I'm overlooking it. And your match of the night has to be Dustin versus Brody, the breakup with Colt Cabana, and then that shot to end the night of poor Dustin being kicked straight in the nads. You've left out a certain buddy which I think I would have put in was Matt Hardy and uh, that promo we cut in the ring. What do you make it, Alex? Well, first of all, I think we all have to maybe retrospectively say that we hope that Matt Hardy is okay. As I think we were all too busy gossiping last week to actually think of the medical considerations of Matt Hardy's situation. But it just seemed like the ultimate let get me out of jail free card for him in the management. And I'm almost in a way surprised that he did that, you know, with the way Rebby was being, I thought it would maybe be a little more quiet and he would just kind of let it kind of wait till it phased out. So you've kind of got to give them a little bit of kudos for at least trying to tackle it. 
yeah. I'm not sure how I feel on it because I'm like, I feel like having him there for a start, they obviously had to address stuff, but they had him do it while walking on eggshells. Obviously still hasn't they mentioned the injury that's keeping him out. Hasn't they mentioned why he's not cleared? Just said he's going to leave and then come back and then come back for the AEW Championship, which is a bit odd. Uh, but for me, that makes it feel a bit like a, a ratings grab, having them there in the first place because of how they addressed it. But I do think they've done it perfectly by having Miro on immediately after because who's going to talk about Matt Hardy when Rusev has just <laughs> debuted in AEW? <laughs> the, the perfect crime. I mean, that, as you say, though, it's obviously done the job. There's a million viewers, first time they've hit a million. I tell you what, Vince is looking over his shoulder now if he wasn't already, that's for sure. Um, imagine the proposed NXT move to Tuesday nights has been slowly cancelled. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. I, I, I think they'd maybe be more inclined to put it there because I don't know how they bring it back because I think Dynamite was brilliant and if a million people have tuned into a brilliant, apart from the Matt Hardy stuff, tuned into a brilliant show then I think they're going to come back. And if they've been watching that over NXT, then they're, they're going to head to head this week. Next week's figure might be an interesting one. Would they be surprised to see a big AEW win? Yeah. I, well, we'll move on to NXT. Um, I mean, I think, you know, for me, NXT hasn't really been the same. I think, still think it's a great show. And I still think the wrestling, you know, I'll always say I still think it's one of the best wrestling show out there, but I'm an NXT mark. But the storytelling that I think has went downhill since the shift against going up against the AEW. But we'll continue our buddies and putovers. I'm only going to do one buddy this week, but let's get into some putovers first of all. Um, Kishida, man. Kishida is back. He came this is you now getting excited for New Japan talent, yeah? Oh, Kishida. <laughs> I, love, I love, love Kishida. Love Kishida. Um, you know, Dream, which was a bit weird, was involved, did a squash match with uh, Ashanti Adonis. Um, and then Kushida came down and he looked like a different Kushida. He looked just, you know, at it and just like, just, you know, with the bit between his teeth. Um, and I think, you know, when he came in NXT, obviously Triple H was desperate to sign him. Um, you know, and you thought he's going to get the NXT title put on him pretty quickly, but it's never happened for one reason or another, whether that's been injury, whether it's just been storylines kind of interrupted. But this is the time, I'm hoping this is the time for Kushida to, to start the rise because he's brilliant in the ring and it was great. I think, I, think, I think the problem with that is that they not use him on two or five quite a lot. And so they split him between the two. So they're maybe holding back putting at the very least the NXT title on him and it would probably be more realistic to think he could probably come back if it's going to be um, challenging Fantasma uh, Santos Escobar yeah. that's the one I was trying to have like, all of the Mexican drug cartel names running around my head but I just couldn't pick them I think it would be a waste though I really do think it would be a waste um, he's a- I think he'd be a bit annoyed as well as one of the reasons he wanted to leave Japan was that he wasn't being taken seriously as uh, as like a heavyweight and he was only ever going to be in the junior heavyweight division so putting him into the cruiserweight division over here yeah, it doesn't seem like the best idea yeah no absolutely um, let's go to the buddies I'm going to do, I'm going to do one buddy this uh, weekend this, the fact that Tegan Knox turned up at a dinner party wearing wrestling merch we're all marks here you know 
we, we, we probably have done it in the past, but come on. It's a nice dinner at the Gargano's. I mean, to be fair, the spread didn't look brilliant, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but, you know, you, you went around, come on, at least put on something nice. Then you just turn up in your wrestling merch t-shirt. I don't know, I couldn't quite catch whose merch it was right enough, but it was definitely wrestling merch that she was wearing. But... I, I missed it, but I think next time she should get a pair of Zubas on and a wrestling daft mask, and, and you'll be all right. Completely, with that. completely. Of course, if it was wrestling daft merch, it would have been acceptable and wouldn't have been in the buddies. Um, and <laughs> let's also go on to the, the putovers as well. Um, I quite like the idea of an Adam Heel face turn. Uh, sorry, Adam Heel. Adam Cole face turn. <laughs> um, he is Adam Heel. But um, they're kind of creeping towards that way. You know, he, he lost the title um, to, to Bauer, which I think was the, obviously the, the right decision to make um, until um, Carl Cross gets back. But yeah, there was shaking hands at the end. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with an Adam Cole face turn. I think, you know, when a crowd gets back in, he's so over with the crowd. You know, so it's already happened. I think it happened with Pat. Aye, Pat Pat McAfee, I think, was definitely the heel in there, kind of. I know it was a weird dynamic. He was the heel. I don't know where it leaves the rest of Undisputed Era, right enough. uh, I was about to say that. It doesn't seem like they're turning name face. They seem to be still heelish, so... And saying that, it was a wee hint of Kyle O'Reilly maybe turning face the, the other week there when he kind of... He kind of ran, yeah. Well, it's breakup tag team week. It's time to split up Brody Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. I don't want them to, but maybe maybe Trips has been told he's got to split up ten of his tag teams to make up with the. I was going to say, I'm I'm the opposite man. I I think if you're not putting them on Raw SmackDown, you need to do something with them because I'm getting a bit bored of them. And I never thought I'd say that about Adam Cole and Undisputed Era. I think it's time to pull the trigger, have Roddy Strong try and take the leadership. I think that's the only way to go forward and and make it engaging because I'm just. It's, it's still great seeing their matches, but I'm a bit bored of them storyline wise. Just don't have to watch. It's a good shout. You know, it is a good shout. So, yeah, uh, we'll hopefully see that happening. Um, and match of the night uh, steel cage match, Ripley versus Martinez. I want to see more of this. Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. And I want to get um, Gonzalez, Raquel Gonzalez involved in there. That is that's a big match. But I thought they, they you know, when. I should have put this over, but like, why has no one ever done that really in the past? When you get at the start of the cage match, throw all the weapons into the ring when you're locked in the cage because no <laughs> DQ. Do that. So they had tables, they had yeah, kendo sticks, they had the full shebang, and it was just two big women going at it. And I thought it was bloody brilliant. So <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my match of the night. Let's move on to Friday night SmackDown with Craig. Uh, SmackDown was pretty decent again this week. Um... I think they've decided that Retribution are exclusively on Raw, so that helps it with <laughs> SmackDown being a better, better show. Um, but it was but pretty it good. It makes so much sense in the continuity of the Lord I know. of the Universe. You know, uh, just complete sense. But I, I think that definitely helps the show. Um, obviously, like Roman Reigns coming back, he's at that star power and stuff. But uh, my first putover would be Sami Zayn. Um, like... Just he's came back. He's not had a match yet, but he's still like one. Like he's pretty much the most like kind of engaging person on the show straight away. And like even before he like um, finished up, before like when the pandemic started, he didn't wrestle that much. Even though he was Intercontinental Champion, he was always one of the most best promos on the show. Um, 
he's always like captivating. I think in terms of like you can just tell like he's just annoying wee dick, like <laughs> when he wants to be like, <laughs> and that's it plays up to the part brilliant. So I know he's been really good since he came back. Um, I like how he's just embracing the beard and hair during the lockdown and it's just no bother to get like cut Alex. or shave. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just no caring. He's just keeping it going and see how long he can go for by. Sammy Zane's been good since he came back. I'll be interested to see. Sammy, like, I'd be really interested to know how many matches Sammy's actually had since he started that new heel gimmick. Uh, he's not had many at all. Like many. I was thinking that before, like when he won the Intercontinental Championship, he had the match at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan, but because he was he with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura as their kind of like, like manager type thing, thing, so he never wrestled at all, hardly about one or two matches. And then uh, since he's came back, it's not a match, but it just shows you like you don't have to be exposed in the ring all the time just to get over that like, you can wrestle very sparingly and still be over. So I mean, I'm I think that's the. Sorry, Gary, on you. Uh, I, was, oh, no, I was just going to say that's definitely the thing when you said that they'll be overexposing them because I think in the ring it's really impossible to dislike like uh, Im- impossible to like mm-hmm. Sami Zayn sorry because he is just a brilliant like face competitor in the ring like I don't think he's got many heel tendencies in the ring so maybe just not having him wrestle is the, the way to keep him as a, a really good heel yeah, yeah I think the only thing as well that maybe what he do is change his music like ah, just, it yeah. made me feel like when he when he was like kind of leaving the ring, like on SmackDown, they started playing it again, and it made you remember just uh, doesn't quite suit the heel gimmick of it. So does he not like that. dance to it really like dickily now as well? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he does. He did do that before, I so I suppose that kind I of love works the word well. dickily. Presumably, it's going to lead to Clash of Champions. I can see him holding on to the IC title because um, Clash of Champions, presuming it'll be a. Uh, Jeff Hardy, or maybe a triple threat. Actually. Aye, I think AJ Styles will be in there and all. Aye. I think he might. I think Sammy might hold the, the title. I think Sammy might, might end up holding the, the, the IC title. But yeah, I, I hope so. Um, um, I'm a buddy would be. It's not really a buddy. It's just merely a thing that's kind of annoying. Is uh, with Sheamus and this uh, snatch like gear that he's got going <laughs> on. It's like fair enough. Like if that's like a kind of gimmick he's going for and stuff, but. When he's wrestling, he just wrestles in his normal gear. So, like when he's backstage, he's got these hand wraps on, ready to fight. But then when he is ready to fight, he's like, "I'll take my hand wraps off now and just get him a punks." <laughs> Doesn't <it> make sense. <laughs> like he's got like the bandages on, ready, like he's for a street fight. And then when it comes to actual wrestling, he's just, "Nah, I'll take these off." So uh, <laughs> it just it doesn't seem very him. consistent. Nah, we're definitely going to see him in Raw Underground, aren't we? Oh, it's got to be the way with it with that attire. Uh, but uh, it'd be good if they just like kind of made the gimmick like party like his ring gear and all that type of stuff rather than just being for when he stops a bit backstage just to yeah. seem right but it, does, it does seem that Vince is, or someone in creative has just went back we were talking about this <laughs> last week he's going back to the a 90s back catalogue early 2000s back catalogue because we've got you know um, Alexa Bliss charging about his Harley Quinn we've got Seamus dressed up as the boy for your snatch we've got Ridge Holland coming in as one of the Peaky Blinders Happy so as well, the Happy Gilmore thing with uh, Happy Gilmore Viking thing. Raiders. Yeah. I, I think uh, Vince has spent a hundred quid on Music Magpie. Just on That's where all my DVDs have went to Vince McMahon's. <laughs> Let's move on to your other put over then, Craig. Uh, it'd probably be Bailey's promo and just kind of like how she's like um, going on for the sort of beat down of Sasha last week, obviously. like 
we all knew that when they were kind of getting together as a tag team and stuff, it was going to eventually lead to the breakup. They weren't the obvious about it at the start who was going to be the heel coming out of that and who was going to be the face, but then obviously the last kind of month or so would have made it obvious. But I know she's really pulling off as a heel, and that promo was really good. And it just, I, you just thought, you're a dick type thing when she finished it. Do you think they can hold off long enough to, for WrestleMania? It's a white, it's an a white, uh, it's, it's a long way away. But do you think there's they can build enough story that they could hold off to that match till WrestleMania? Storyline uh, injury, John. Story uh, well, I was thinking they were going to keep Sasha Banks off TV for a while, but I just I think I seen earlier today that she's going to be on SmackDown this week. Yeah, so, advertised that between she, the NFL between every game yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, if so she like, could come in with like a crutch and be like, I'm on the shelf till January or something uh, like that. So uh, unless they do like another beat down angle where like it does put her out for a long time, then that uh, can I can only see that being the way they can drag it on the wrestling because if she does come back and she is wrestling, there's no way they can. Because you don't want it, again, you don't want to throw this match away when there's no crowd there, do you? That that's the no. thing. They've been holding off and holding off, and you just think, do they hold off? Just put her out like like Alex says, storyline injury. Mm-hmm. And hold her off until, until that WrestleMania. She goes on to win the Royal Rumble um, mm-hmm. next year. And then she... There is one wee thing for that. Um, we're good pal Alex McCarthy spoke with uh, both Sasha Banks and Bailey. I think it was a, a, a year ago now. But apparently they said that they weren't sure if they wanted a WrestleMania match because they wouldn't get the time. Uh, and they'd probably rather have the time than have the WrestleMania platform. But you never know because they might get the time on WrestleMania because it is that big a match now. I My only thing now is yeah. with Sasha Banks being in the Mandalorian, maybe they'll be like, pull the trigger because she's got almost a heap of it on there and uh, try and get the SEO value at everybody searching for Sasha Banks after her being in the Mandalorian. I, I agree. The other thought I've just had there is you guys are talking about pulling off the match. We don't know how long it's going to be till crowds come back in. Like it could be like forever. I mean, we're almost about to hit lockdown to quarantine boogaloo you know so i mean it's yeah i thought they were going to wait for the beatdown like the turn basically i thought they were waiting until crowds back were coming for that um yeah but they obviously just decided to pull the trigger on so they might do that with a match as well a uh, match tonight craig uh probably the women's four-way that nikki cross ended up winning to become the number one contender the matches weren't they great on smackdown this week they were kind of just filler for and the storylines were kind of moving along, but that was probably the best match. I think the best part about it, well, part of the Nicky Cross winning was Alexa Bliss doing the sister Abigail. That was yeah. quite a nice wee touch. I thought there was slight, just that wee wrinkle in it that I thought was quite good. Um, so I would probably say that would be the match of the night. Yeah, because no, we're teasing, obviously, like a new addition. Everyone thought to the Firefly Funhouse and everyone thought it was going to be Alexa and then they've got a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I did laugh at that to be fair when it came on screen. It was good, it was good. So I know that that's um and that's the thing about SmackDown so it is creating watchable storyline television that you mm-hmm. want to go back and see with the Reigns uh, J stuff, with the Alexa Bliss stuff, where's Braun Strowman going? We might find that out when we get to Gary <laughs> and his raw review. I Pretty much the opposite of SmackDown, Raw. Um, Raw's not doing, doing too well now, I don't think. <laughs> it's not, not the most watchable show. Uh, it wasn't that bad last night, but my first put over has to be Zelina Vega. I've been saying for a while that I wouldn't mind her being in you know, a general manager role. I wouldn't mind her being you know, the leader of this faction, but the faction, they weren't really booking that well, so it was a wee bit you know, a waste. No, it looks like we're going to get full in-ring competitor Zelina Vega, and I love that because she's brilliant in the ring. You know, we already know that for being in fighting with my family and being trusted to put on, like, 
good matches looking like AJ Lee against somebody that isn't a wrestler. Uh, every time we've seen her in the ring, she's been brilliant, but yet it looks like she's going to be maybe Asuka's next contender. So I'm just delighted we're seeing more of her. I'm glad they've pulled the trigger on that faction because it wasn't doing it for me and it's about time because it means we'll not get to see them going up against the Street Profits again. So I'm just glad <laughs> they've pulled the trigger there. Way too I want to thank Barry Gary for not mentioning her previous run in TNA as a women's tag team champion. Considering yep. now they just fired her partner this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely she is a uh, brilliant in the ring, and I think hasn't he got to really show that even in NXT. I don't think we got to see much of her wrestle wrestled a wee bit here and there, but not really that much. So I just can't wait to see um, see what she does. And then from um, talking about Asuka there to burying this, which again there was no uh, no blame on Asuka for this, but the ending of the Asuka Mickey James match. So it's kind of came out now that it's not really been confirmed, but Mickey James has been liking tweets for like Mick Foley and that saying, oh, maybe it was ended, Landstorm as well, ended because of a shoulder injury. But the match just get like completely ended abruptly. It was, I don't even think the Asuka lock was locked in. It was some kind of weird like roll out of the Asuka lock. And then the referee was just like, no, that's it. Um, uh, she can't continue. There's a brilliant screenshot at the moment happening where uh, Asuka's got the sleeper hold locked in and Mickey James is like, huh? <laughs> is in what happened there? So I, I just don't know what happened. The referee was pretty bad for the full match, but I don't know if the ending was on him or if he got a, a call for the back saying, that's time, wrap it up, just call it there, or if she was injured. But it was just confusing. The commentary team did sell it quite well by saying they had no clue what had happened, but it was just bad, just really bad to watch. Yeah. Um, other burial is again kind of something that they've they've done but it's the way they've not shown that they've done it Alistair Black (laughs) 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 I I, I don't even know if I need to add to that but um, Alistair Black I mentioned it last week about him with a blindfold just ripping it off in Raw Underground didn't really pay any attention to his eye I couldn't tell if he had the the contact lens or no which the full storyline has been his eye he came back this week for his first, you know, in-ring match for a long time since his last one, which I think was a loss to Seth Rollins, which I think was his first ever singles loss, um, apart from the AJ Styles one that was a gauntlet match. Um, so I, he competed against Kevin Owens, took the eye patch off to start the match, which it's like, well, if you don't need it otherwise, why do you need it outside the ring? Took the eye patch off. They didn't zoom in on his eye at all. But he is wearing a black contact, and they've just no shown it. He's wearing new long leg, like kind of tights, which doesn't make sense. Just show off the fact that he's covered in Hunter's tattoos, and you know looks the part when he's wearing trunks. Um, lost the match, <laughs> lost the match against Kevin Owens, and yet again the commentary just didn't play it as being anything big. It was just, oh, Kevin Owens has just beat Alistair Black. Alistair Black was the most dominant superstar on Raw for like the past, until last month, the past year. But aye, they just made up, they've made a pure RC Alistair Black pretty much. Uh, I don't think they've done um, any yeah. justice whatsoever. Other put over is Keith Lee. Uh, I, again, I can't say much more than I've already said, but they have done what I mentioned in the news last week where I get told, and for a big push, they're going to protect him and all that but they might tweak what they do with him along, uh, as they go along. They've done that now. He's wearing a singlet. Looks a lot better. Still get the rubbish music, but we'll see if that ends anytime soon. I believe WWE are now working with another music person. Maybe two. Uh, the first one, I think, is called Def Rebel, which isn't a very good name, so it doesn't fill me with confidence, but I don't know if they can do much worse than what we've already got. However, 
someone else who has come back from furlough is Josiah Williams, um, who is the NXT kind of host for the live shows, I guess the best way to do it, but he does a load of other things as well. He's also a music producer. I think they might call on him to do something, so we'll see. Hopefully the music gets changed, but at least we're taking the right steps. And again, he didn't lose against the WWE champion Drew McIntyre, which is pretty good in itself. So I just uh, putting over Keith Lee. Uh, I liked uh, Drew McIntyre's tweet as well before the match about saying, like, I could maybe get your music changed or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a wee word personal. Uh. <laughs> um, I can't believe you've went through the buddies and put overs without a mention of Retribution. Or Raw oh. Underground. Or Raw Underground. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy Gary's tweet. Um, Retribution, uh, if you're watching the video version, they've got a brand and they've got a logo now. Uh, which was shot right, it was put around the Thunderdome. So Retribution, that rebellious uh, faction, have got their own logo now. Um, and Gary put out a, a little tweet of the, the scene from Family Guy when they're talking about mm-hmm. G.I. Joe and Cobra and how <laughs> terrorist groups need a brand identity. So, um, yeah, that was... Uh, that brand recognition. So, uh, match of the they, night... They've still not got T-shirts yet, though. They've still not got T-shirts. I'm waiting on them bringing out the T-shirts, t-shirts before I go. Don't wait until they've got a station reveal. That's the day the T-shirts will go live. Oh, like, as that mask yeah. comes up, yeah, the person yeah. in the WWE shop will be clicking Absolutely. on go. Uh, match of the night, Gary? Um, I've got a joint match of the night because they were the only two good matches on the card, but both of them were brilliant. Um, so, the first one is the Steel Cage match, Dominic Seth Rollins. Again, I've been praising them for putting on good work for the past however long. I don't know if anybody's seen the actually made my botch a mania debut, thankfully not by making a botch. Um, but the thing that got left out that ended up, I think, is getting tacked onto the next video that Matthew Gregg put up was Seth Rollins uh, being very vocal in his match with Dominic. And it was just nice to see if anybody's seen that video. And then the video of Seth Rollins giving him the, the arm wraps after their match at SummerSlam. Brilliant. Could watch the two of them in the ring all day and they were brilliant in the steel cage match. But the other one that deserves a mention is Cedric Alexander v Ricochet. Brilliant match. Uh, Everything you'd expect for that match. Brilliant selling for both of them. The best sell of the lumbar check I've ever seen. So aye, brilliant match. Yeah. Two brilliant matches. (laughs) Good. Well, at least there was some good matches on Raw. That's good to know. Um, Thanks very much for joining us, Craig, as ever, and doing Smackdown for us. Uh, we'll get you on for the hat trick bet sometime soon, mate. <laughs> no um, and remember, get your buddies and put overs for this week's wrestling on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And Rab and Grado will give you a mention on the show this Friday. Once again, it's time to return to the land that graced the world with karaoke. It's turning Japanese. But first of all, what is your karaoke song, Alex? See, I'm always a big fan of um, We Built This City. I don't know why, but right. I just... I can imagine Gary's quite a good chanter. He has a look. He has the look of a good singer about him, doesn't he? Nah, not no very. Um, I've, I've got two boring ones. I either go for the calling wherever you will go. My or, God. Or, I think you'll prefer the other one. The other one is the Mavericks Dance the Night Away. <laughs> well, my favourite one is one of my friends who just likes to sing is it the song Peaches and he just stands up and shouts we're moving to the country we're going to eat a lot of peaches repetitively <laughs> yeah yeah that's an easy one I'll give you a word of advice never do Hotel California uh, on karaoke because see the instrumental breaks and in they go on for ages and you just stand up there looking like a prick as that happens um, before we move on to turning Japanese and talking about the G1 however 
I've got our Japanese wrestling catchphrase for you. Are you ready for this one? We're yep. doing it every week. You've got to guess the wrestling catchphrase from this Japanese saying. Here we go. A honto honto no shinjitsu. A honto honto no shinjitsu. I'm not the good guy. I'm not the bad guy. I'm the guy. No. Uh, I think of something that's got two little syllables like that. Uh, I'm terrible no, at this. I'm I think I've got it. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. No. Oh. No, 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 no. Alex, I'm, I'm just giving up, and I'm just going to say the same thing I say every week, which is because that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. It is not. It's true. Oh, it's damn true. One of these days, you don't get it. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to the Japanese wrestling. Building up to the G1, what is happening, Alex? Lots, lots. Right, so I thought I'd start off with a little bit of story time and we'll talk you through where the G1 came from and all that stuff and I'm going to throw lots of nonsensical facts at you because that's one thing that I do love about New Japan is they're like AEW and they love all their stats and things like that. So we'll just dive straight into it. So they've held basically a league-based tournament since all the way back in 1974 in some way, base or form. For its early inception, it was normally won, as all of Japanese wrestling was, by Antonio Inoki. Oh, wait a second. That's Tony Linoki fact attack I learned when I was figuring this out. This will be before your vintage, John, so I don't think you'll be able to answer this. But Gary, do you remember the TV show Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes, yes. Do you, do you remember the character Joey? Oh, no. I don't he think was so. the one from Boston. He had the terrible American accent. Kinda. I, kind, right, I kinda see, think I have brief memory of that. See, before he would get into a fight, he'd do this big chin face, and apparently it was the animator's tribute to Antonio Inoki, because oh. in Japan they just associate Antonio Inoki with being hard. That's WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer Antonio Inoki as well, I believe. Um, but that's yep. also kind of like uh, the Disney Pixar film Coco, which has a, um, a cameo, you would say, by El Santo <laughs> from Mexico. Just, <laughs> just a random wrestler turning up in a cartoon for no reason. He's like a cultural phenomenon in Mexico, is he not El Santo? Yeah, so I guess very similar, but other side of the world. <laughs> please, Antonio please Inoki. for next week, get in touch with us and give us your random wrestling TV appearances. Uh, th- that would be great, because these are, these are great guys. Everybody I'll, better say Bret Hart and the Simpsons. <laughs> Bret Hart and the Simpsons is good. Bret Hart and the Simpsons. And of course, uh, Rikishi, Mark Henry, and uh, was it Mick Foley on the big show show? Uh. Does that count if it's on a wrestler's TV show, though? Yeah, that really that counts, though. Oh, The Rock on um, Star Trek Voyager. There you go. There's one. And Goldberg and the Goldbergs. Trade Trinity, sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, we even had, in its early inception, we even had a certain Mr. Pelly, Terry Boella win, because I refused to use his wrestling name, and was given like one of the precursor championships, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And the other interesting thing I found was that in 1989, they actually held a World Cup tournament against wrestlers of the then Soviet Union. So can you imagine like a weird Japanese-Russian kind of wrestling tournament? I really want to go onto YouTube and find some of that. So they took a bit of a break in 1990, as I believe that was when Inoki was being shafted out of the company and returned to its current guys in about 1991. And since then, this list of winners is pretty much a who's who of Japanese wrestling, from Masashiro Chiono, from the great Muta, and um, Hiroshi Tenzan, I believe this is his name, and carrying all the way up to more recent winners like your Tanahashis, your Naitos, 
WWE's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and of course, AEW's Kenny Omega. So, what have we got down? It's going to be a 20 wrestler tournament for a heavyweight title shot at the biggest show of the year, which is Wrestle Kingdom. You'll also notice Dave Meltzer will get very excitable at this type of year and star ratings will start going through the roof. Um, it's usually a bit of a treasure trove of matches, so I can't really blame him too much for that. And the winner's contract, they have to walk around and carry around in a briefcase like in WWE, but it has a very Japanese name, which is the Tokyo Dome IWGP Heavyweight Championship Challenge Rights Certificate. <laughs> and this is like flashed before every match. I love that. So it's a little bit... It's not exactly money in the bank, is no. it? <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. Um... So they have, um, they have a round-robin format, so basically every wrestler in each block that's up behind me that we'll go through in a second will face each other over the course of four weeks. So it does get pretty intense, and I feel slightly bad for the wrestlers having to literally wrestle every day for a solid month, but that's the New Japan way. So kicks off on, on Saturday, so the day after, another big um, Japanese moment when the release of Super Mario Brothers All-Stars comes out on the 31st anniversary of Super Mario Bros. So just more Japanese nonsense for you there. Um, so yeah, it's a good time to be a Japanese nerd. So talking through who we have now, John, whenever you recognize one, you shout out and you say you recognize them, because I'm, I'm genuinely just intrigued to see how much, how many yeah. of these names have kind of transcended the pond. So number one was last year's winner, Kota Ibushi. Yes, heard them. Kota Ibushi is a very big deal in Japan. He was treated a little bit like a cruiserweight over in the States, but has been very much elevated to that kind of main event heavyweight status through the G1 last year. We then have Jeff Cobb. He was in AEW a few months ago. He was in AEW. He's been quite a constant in New Japan for the last couple of months. He's the last couple of years, actually. He's quite a solid mid-card for them over there, and this is his second year coming in. Kazuchika Okada. Yes, I've heard of Okada. So Okada has won this twice, and this is his ninth consecutive entry. So usually expect big things from Okada. He's normally winning his group or in the finals or winning the whole thing. So he's expect a usual big performance from him. Okada's, like the, Hino, Okada's like the Sino of New Japan, isn't he? See, I'd call him more like Tanahashi. I'd say Tanahashi's the Sino person. Tanahashi was the Sino, yeah, apart from me. Nice yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he's, he's got more like broad appeal in Japan, even though he was in a film that was called My Dad is a Heel Wrestler, which I've still never watched, actually. <laughs> I do want to watch. Um, hero Ishii. No, I've never heard of him. Also, Ishii's great. He's about five foot six. He was originally, I think he was patched from the New Japan Dojo for being too short. And he's just like this wee stone. He's called the Stone Pitbull, and he's just like a wee... He's like as wide as he is tall. He's great. He had a fantastic match with John Moxley last year. He reminds me of Taz. I don't yeah. know why. I think just the stature, but he reminds me a lot of Taz. <laughs> I think it's the face. And does he not wear a towel around his neck when he comes out as well? So there's a lot of Tazisms. <laughs> there's a lot of Tazisms there. So he's one to watch out for. He has some cracking matches and usually puts in a really good performance in the G1. So this is like his eighth consecutive appearance as well. So... Now we have a slightly more questionable one. Now, I talked last week about how there was big plans for this man, but I'd be surprised if there still are a certain Mr. Will Ospreay. Yeah, um, obviously heard of Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, so there's obviously still been the allegations are kind of still haunting around him, and so I'd I'm, I'm be intrigued to see how he does. I'd imagine he will probably be end up losing more than he will winning, but we'll see what happens. Um, Shingo Takagi. Nope. That's a no. 
Uh, so Shingo is just one of their solid mid cards. He was in last year and has done very well. He's usually puts on a decent match or two. Big old Minoru Suzuki. Everywhere turns Suzuki. Grado's about to be fighting a few months back, and that never happened, which is a detriment to wrestling across the world. Well, see, he's also their never open weight champion, which is probably their lowest rated singles belt, but it gets passed around quite a lot. So normally what they do in this is they will kind of find his next feud through that. So imagine it to be someone from that first bracket. We have Taichi, who is the Lord Taichi, who comes out to a really bad mouth uh, lip syncing attempt to opera music. Um, but he's also one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions with Zack Sabre Jr. So... Oh. He usually does all right for himself. And our last entrant in block A is Yujiro Takahashi, just another kind of casual mid-card guy who's not half bad in the ring. I've heard Takahashi so, as well. I've heard Takahashi. I think, did we, miss oh, no. out, did we miss out a certain switchblade? Oh, I was about to get to that. Ah. <laughs> oh, yes, I, missed, I totally missed you. I've, I've missed Jay White in my list. Oh, yes. And, of course, Jay White, the leader of said Bullet Club, um, who is actually a bit of a surprise entrant for me since he turned up in New Japan strong. So they must have obviously quarantined him for two weeks to get him in. But I expect big things from Jay White. And you can kind of get a bit of a prediction for how the block's going to go if you have a look at the final night. So block one, not so much actually, but you've got like an Okada versus Osprey match there. You've got Ishii versus Jay White. So we could see a bit of a standout performance from Ishii if Jay is going to potentially win the block. And we've also got Abushi versus Tai Chi, but again, I can't really see Tai Chi being particularly involved in the top of the block. So moving on to your B block, number one is obviously Hiroshi Tanahashi, the John Cena, as John liked to point out, of New Japan in his 19th entry, in his 19th consecutive entry, and he has won it three times. So there's always a bit of a favourite put on Tanahashi, and even though he is getting on a wee bit, he still can put in quite a good performance. And the fans love him. Yes, and um, Tanahashi I'm aware of as well. Uh, Juice Robinson. You heard of Juice, John? Do you remember CJ Parker from NXT? No, I don't, no, don't, don't, doesn't ring a bell. No, he's an American. He's become a really big face over there. He's really good. Um, like the Japanese crowd love, love, love him almost as much as Tanahashi. Did they You've know got Goto, who's in New Japan a couple of months ago or last year? Yeah, for him versus Moxley was was one of the big feuds that actually came. It was, I think it was, yes, it was hit. It, he was Moxley's first match in New Japan, and did he not uh, beat him for the US title for the at US the same title. time? Yeah, uh, yeah. so there's a, there's a good feud going on kind of between Juice and Moxley at the moment. Hiroki Goto is another kind of classic New Japan stalwart. He's actually won this in 2008, but he was kind of... One of their big pushes that's just very much steadied off into the mid-card over the couple of years. And John, personal favourite of mine, Mr. Toriyano? No, not. I'm afraid I've not heard of that one oh, either. He's the comedy wrestler I keep talking about. He's great. It's his 15th appearance and you can't even remember. He's the one who won the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2020, John. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yoshihashi, just another classic mid-carder. He's actually quite good, and he's had a bit of a resurgence recently. Tetsuya Naito. So, interestingly, they do put the heavyweight champion into this. Uh, they've only won twice, I believe, and I think it just means they get to pick their opponent. Oh, really? I mean, it's, That's interesting. I like that spin on it. I like that spin on it, because then would you just not just pick the worst guy you could possibly find? Yeah, you can pick whoever you want. And normally they get like, uh, normally someone from his block will be like his last contender before he gets to Wrestle Kingdom as well. 
And the way they've structured this block is quite interesting because also in this block is evil. So <laughs> the big, uh, the former ex-champion who dropped the belt to him quite recently, Sanada, another one of his stablemates who's kind of in a bit of a feud with him and evil and everyone else. So there should be some really interesting kind of dynamics around there. And then they've gone even heavier in the Bullet Club on that side as well, because Kenta is also on that side. Another bit of a surprise, since he's been in strong quite a lot. And rounding off the group is good old-fashioned Zack Sabre Jr., the octopus of New Japan and the king of all submissions. And again, as I was talking about looking at the last night, you can kind of have a look that we have Evil versus Sonata and Naito versus Kenta. So that kind of tells you that those four are probably going to be your big, big players now, just to round this off, I'll give my own personal predictions. Me and Gary have already had this discussion, and unfortunately, we have the same prediction. <laughs> so I personally am thinking an evil Jay White final with kind of going for dominance and leader of the Bullet Club to go and take on Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, what is it? Internal warfare or something was the phrase that got banded about a few years ago. I'm like, ah, we're definitely going back down that route. We're definitely getting a, a power yeah. struggle in Bullet Club. Right. I could see them doing like a split and having like New Japan America versus New Japan, sorry, New Japan, bleh, uh, Bullet Club America versus Bullet Club Japan, which would make a lot of sense considering the current situation. I think it would also make Strong seem a little bit more relevant and push New Japan America. So. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. I'll go for Evil because he dropped, just, dropped, just because he just dropped the title really quickly. And then that you know, we had it for like was it a month or something like that? And then so I think they'll put it back on evil. There we go. There's my prediction. Bold against Naito for Wrestle Kingdom. And Bold prediction from John to copy the other two <laughs> predictions. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for that as ever, Alex. Looking forward to the start of the G1. Obviously, I'll be uh, keeping. When when's it actually start on the telly? Uh, the nineteenth. So it's this weekend on Saturday this weekend so we'll get an update on the g1 next week once again when we go turning japanese until next time sayonara in this business it's all about the money as dusty Rhodes always just said and we basically want yours so sign up to our patreon patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft up there you'll get loads of extra content from us and um, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft Three tiers to choose from, all varying different levels of content. For example, you'll get the video version of this show if you sign up for tier one. Um, you'll get on the Continental Championship, which is about $10 a month. You will get everything for tier one, plus you get a video version of the main show with Rab and Grado. You get invited to our Patreon-only pay-per-view parties. Uh, you'll get bonus episodes every month. We're currently planning the next bonus episode, but we are going to be doing a brand new Mark's podcast once a month where we do the, something called the Dafties where we're going to avoid award wrestler of the month, match of the month. What else are we doing, Alex? We're doing worst wrestler of the month. We're doing worst match of the month. And we're going to do the worst moment of the month. I'll admit, I just want to talk about the bad things more than I want to talk about the good things. Excellent. So we'll be doing that this month as well. Uh, or you get involved in Tier 3, so World Heavyweight Championship, $20 a month you get. Uh, free wrestling daft t-shirt uh, sign up for three months we've got a lot of those uh, coming up this month uh, plus you get the chance to do the run-in or become a mark on this show so if you fancy any of that get involved right now patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the wrestling news with Gary Carson. Before we start the news, can I just ask, were you trying to do the match of the day tune to warm up to the news tune? No, I, I was, <laughs> I'd have to go, because I've, because this is behind the curtain. I was just waiting for, it's a little bit behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. We don't actually have, the music you've just heard isn't actually played for recording the podcast. I put that out in post-production, so when I'm doing it, and singing It's the Wrestling News, I have to time it out in my head. So every time I do it, I have to get the ITN news team in my head. So it's... The match of the day theme, however, Alex, is... Oh, yeah, of course. I apologise. I've got my TV themes very, very wrong. There is a big, big difference between the ITN... This is very inside baseball. I feel like I've feel like i just watched The Undertaker versus Roman Reigns and Undertaker's took his hat off and said, by the way, that was all pre-recorded and pre-scripted. We didn't actually do the match. Just so you know, it's no... Appears uh, might look like we're fighting, but we're actually no. We're just uh, yeah. just working away. Breaking, <laughs> we're breaking kayfabe on wrestling. Daft, how dare we? We should have more respect for the business. Um, right, okay. Let's get into the news then. And it doesn't appear that we're going to see a reuniting of the Hardy Boys in AEW as Jeff has just signed a new contract, according to BT Sports. From uh, breaking kayfabe to breaking news that uh, came out yesterday and <laughs> uh, nice wee flawless segues that you like, John. Uh, I so it's a bit of an odd one. There was um, a rumour, I guess we'll say, for Dave Meltzer a couple of weeks ago that Jeff Hardy had, and I don't think this was, you know, apart from the number he put on it, wasn't he breaking news in any way that Jeff Hardy, because he'd been off TV, WWE could tack more time onto the end of his contract. So his contract wouldn't end at the same time Matt Hardy's did which we know because Matt Hardy's ended, Jeff Hardy's did not. Um, but there's a wee bit of kind of, no confusion now, I guess, that's not maybe the right word, but Dave Meltzer said that Jeff Hardy has 20 months left to go on his contract um, as a result of that being tacked on. However, yesterday, BT Sport, um, as they do their wee wonderful Zoom interviews, as we do in this day and age with WWE superstars, did one with Jeff Hardy, and they've been pushing strongly on their social media for no more words to come back. They asked Jeff Hardy about it, and Jeff Hardy said that that was a big, um, a big kind of component in him re-signing with WWE, which are like, hmm, maybe that happened a while ago, maybe he meant when he re-signed you know, that was in the contract for if Matt Hardy ever leaves. But no, um, the, the way he said it, it was he had re-signed a contract in between the empty arena shows happening. So in the past, whatever, three, four months, I think we might be longer than that now, maybe six months or something we're at now. Um, but essentially said that the, the no more words coming back when a crowd was back in the building was a big deal in terms of him re-signing and he wants that back because he thinks the crowd will love it. So yeah, uh, that's interesting enough. But also... 
Who, uh, who did we talk about returning last week, I think it was? Willow, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the potential for a Willow return. Jeff Aldi said he wants to face the Fiend Bray Wyatt. So um, uh, <laughs> Willow versus the Fiend might be something that we're just about to see. That would be an interesting one to see if it happens. Yeah, probably just do Willow versus Fiend versus Demon versus some other guy from the street wearing face paint just to round it off. <laughs> I, th- I think if the, the cast Demon get him in there, I think if the Fiend's out going to come out of the title picture, which is probably going to happen, I think that would be the next feud for the Fiend. It would make sense, wouldn't it? My only worry would be that they've already had this whole thing of Jeff Hardy battling his inner demons. I think they would try and project that on screen. So as much as I think both men would put on a good rivalry, I would have a wee bit of hesitation going into something like that. And I don't want to say it will happen before it does, but that would just be a wee thing that I would personally think they might try. And I would Mm. hope they didn't. Yeah. Um, New signing for AEW, a former WWE employee, it looks like. Yeah, so interestingly, I don't even know if if it happened last week, but Ty Conte signed with them as well. So uh, it looks like they're definitely in the market for picking up new new women's talent. That's something that Tony Khan had mentioned in the the, uh, All Out post show as well, saying that because a lot of their talent uh, in the women's division are stranded overseas, they don't know how long it will be before they get them back. Maybe they would be looking at picking up people. We mentioned that they did talk a lot about Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Obviously, a big fan of both women. We can see why maybe Thunder Rosa wouldn't be able to sign with AEW, but it looks like we might see a little bit more of her. However, Serena Deeb, yeah, maybe she's signed, maybe she's not. According to Chris Jericho, she has. Um, It it wasn't so outright in saying that, but um, his exact quote was that, uh, that Thunder Rosa had a hell of a debut and a great match against Serena Deeb. Got Serena Deeb signed, actually, I believe, was the exact quote that he said. So, again, you never know. Chris Jericho isn't the kind of person that puts this kind of thing out there and it tends to be false in any way because he'd done it with Ty Conte and Anna J teaming up before it was announced. Obviously, he's the kind of guy that he's not a, you know, an EVP or anything, but he's the kind of guy that will know this kind of thing in AEW. So, you'd have to think that he might be right. And, man, Serena Deeb looked good in the match, so... I think she'd be a great addition. Oh, no, like I was, I, I'm 100% for Serena Deep with a full signing. I was putting her over hard last week, so they need to rebuild that women's division, and it seems like they've actually started doing it. Yeah. There's um, also a wee something for WrestleVotes that's just broken and while we've been on air that I've just been sent as well. Jingle for us. So, Wrestle Votes, and I'll just read the exact tweet because it kind of says everything it needs to say. Over the past week or so, WWE have assembled a small team to figure out if running TV from outdoors venues would be feasible once the Thunderdome contract expires, which I think is a month, just over a month away now for the initial contract. Um, Idea is both SmackDown and Raw would be in the same location each week. Southern states with good weather is the preference, all to be decided. Oh, so they not learn from the AEW humidity debacle? Yeah, I I, I don't know much about the... can't uh, confirm how long the Florida weather lasts, but I know we're also in storm territory. I was going to say, it's not hurricane season down that way. Uh, oh, so, I think uh, if a wrestling show in a, during a hurricane, it would be amazing. Yeah. Man, but I, so that's an interesting one because obviously the AEW are doing it just now. The Thunderdome, Thunderdome, Thunderdome is contracted for at least two months from when it started. 
But you never know. Things can change. I, I'm not sure they would want to get rid of all that stuff yeah. straight away, but eh. Keeping the Thunderdome, it's really good. I like it in there. I like it in there. Um, and finally, um, the people behind Retribution and their new brand have been revealed, apparently. Yeah, I think we mentioned a few of these names last week or a couple of weeks ago as well. And, you know, it is worth noting that they weren't the people for the start. We know that because the people at the start were a lot smaller. Um, but it looks like the same people have stayed in terms of what we've seen on TV for the past two weeks, them cutting up promos and all that, it does seem like we have a set five people. Who knows if it'll be them once the masks come off, but for now, we have five people. Um, John Pollock confirmed this. Dave Meltzer had, uh, has now corroborated it. I think he had also mentioned a few of the names beforehand. Loads of other people had as well. But Dio Madden, um, the guy that we've seen get... Uh, F5 through a table by Brock Lesnar um, yeah. and was also on the uh, Raw Underground a few weeks ago. Mia Yim, who we mentioned Keith Lee was attacked by Retribution. Mia Yim and Keith Lee might have been battling in the ring last night. Maybe WWE are trying to split up more couples like they've, uh, <laughs> like they've been doing with their tag teams. Um, Shane Thorne, tag team partner of Brendan Vink, who we've seen for one week on, on Raw and it seemed like they were going to team with MVP and then disappeared completely. <laughs> and uh, Mercedes Martinez, who you mentioned got the big push on NXT, the, the big cage match with Rhea Ripley, really interesting one. And the person that is obviously the biggest rumoured name and the one that is the most obvious to pick out of the bunch, Dominic Dijakovic, the one that we think is doing most of the talking anyway. And it'd probably be likely that he would be, probably if any of them were to be unmasked, if it's only one of them, I would hedge my bets on it being him being the guy that we see the face of. Uh, but yeah, really interesting. Because those are people that you would say, maybe, well, barring one or two, all of them have a claim to have retribution or have been wronged in the past in some way. Bio Madden, we mentioned the Brock Lesnar thing. Mia Yim, you could say, maybe hasn't had a fair crack at the whip for a, a title shot. Maybe Mercedes Martinez is a bit of a stretch to say she's not had a, <laughs> a, a great one yet because she's hardly been in WWE. But ah, you never know. She wasn't signed to begin with and then ended up signed. Dijakovic, obviously, hasn't really had a fair crack of the whip in terms of getting a, a title run or anything like that. So a really interesting one. But I will, we'll, we'll see what see what happens, see if they, these are the faces that end up getting uncovered. I'm not sure it will be, but nah, interesting. I, I, I can agree. I, I, think, I think Mia Yim's a bit of a stretch. I think Dio Madden, totally. I think Shane Thorne, absolutely. Mercedes Martinez is not, it's not going to be Mercedes Martinez. I, I can't it's, see it's, that. It's a bit weird that they would have her in a proper storyline in NXT while running this I think that's my yeah. my kind of downfall with it and also I mean last night there wasn't just the five of them the five of them appeared for the vignette but then when they attacked the ring there was about 20 of them so <laughs> so again we'll see what I think it's still going to be somebody orchestrating the full thing But I, th- I hope it's Seth Rollins I think that would be good Aye. I think that would actually make it all worthwhile it was Seth Rollins that's been behind it all along I think that would that would be a good way to go because obviously he's kind of oh, so that's why he's patched buddy because he doesn't yeah need it's like the, the Monday Night Messiah and this, yeah, is, this is his congregation you know um, I think that would be a great way to go but whether they do that or not I'm, or... I'm still pulling for still pulling for Mustafa Ali because they're still doing him wrong. He's still on main event. He's been in main <laughs> event for the past three weeks. <laughs> You're just desperate for oh. this hacker gimmick to come back, aren't you? <laughs> Aye, definitely. <laughs> That's why he's in retribution because hacker gimmick got pulled. Uh, so, I No, thank you very much as ever for the news, Gary. 
Ah, welcome once again to Fantasy Booking Island. For the rules have changed. At the moment, there's three of us have got the towels down on the beach enjoying the sun. Uh, as we leave the decision on who we what we book and who wins in your hands. Last week, we were challenged to book Brock Lesnar as a free agent. But before we reveal the decision, a quick recap on what happened. Gary, what was your booking for Brock last week? Just quickly. I had him teaming with Taz um, after Taz was wronged by Brian Cage. Taz shouting, here comes the pain, bringing out Brock Lesnar as FTW champion to face and now AEW champion Brian Cage and unify both belts by winning them. Alex, what was yours? I went crazy and made Chris Jericho buy a boat so we could lose boat to Brock Lesnar and then Brock Lesnar could have the battle for the boat on the boat against Jake Hager. And mine was basically Brock Lesnar as the A-team going around every promotion in the world making things that were went wrong right again by battering people. So uh, that was our three uh, bookings. Now, it's been close. We've been monitoring this situation throughout the day and basically me and Gary are currently tied with um, 36% of the vote each. Um, Alex, I'm afraid you, you've lost out, mate. But if it is it going to end up in a tie here, Alex, you get the cast and vote, okay? Well, I'm do you want to like introduce me properly in a really like nice way there, instead of just being like, ah, Alex, you lose, you can have the last vote? Right, yeah, I should have. The loser of this <laughs> contest. <laughs> Where's the pandering? I mean, for fuck's sake. Or technically the runner up, because. Um, it's technically second place if we were still joint first. So, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I'm going to push refresh to see if there's been any votes in the last couple of hours to push either me or Gary to the title. Here we go. This is all very tense. The refresh button has been pushed. The votes are in. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. And I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've won. Oh. I've won by a vote. Hey! So Brock I think we need a screenshot proof of this. That's <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm happy in the knowledge that John may have won, but um, he's definitely the loser on internet connection for how long that took to refresh. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you very much for everyone who voted. Thanks to my fans. Thanks to my wife, who's not my best friend. Um, well done, uh, well done. Two in a row. What am I going to say? I, I love this new way we're doing it. I love this new way. However, it brings us on to this week's booking, which has been suggested by the listeners. Um, Fraser uh, on our Facebook suggested, my fancy booking idea is to book your choice of wrestler or more than one of them from Leighton Buzzard, Keelan Kelly, Davey Blaze or Andy Wilde from ICW to NXT UK and beyond. And that was our booking. Alex, who have you chosen? It's mainly Andy Wilde, but there's a little bit of Kieran Kelly and Leighton Buzzard thrown Ooh, in there. Oh, excellent. Uh, Gary, who have you went for? I've went for Leighton Buzzard, um, but I might chuck a couple more in on the way as well. Here we go then. Who wants to go first? I've went for Davey See, before Blaze. we start, right, I have a prediction of that we're all going to end in a very similar way. Now I've made a graphic that I'll put on the screen behind me and we'll see... We'll see how close we all are to that. Okay, okay, right, no problem. I went for Davey, so um, we'll see how it goes. Who wants to go first? I get to choose since the, the I want to. The victor chooses, mate. The victor chooses. You get to pick the order. I get to choose. I want to hear 
about Leighton Buzzard's rise to XT UK. So Gary, on you go, mate. Your three minutes start now. Cool, so I've not written it down, so it's going to be a very short one again, but I've got the idea here, and I'm going for a slightly elongated route to NXT UK. So I am having Santos Escobar doing an open challenge every single week. We get him as the Legado del Fantasma uh, leader. He is the man who is the current 205 Live or Cruiserweight champion. So he decides, do you know what? I'm sick of facing, you know, Drake Maverick. I want to put on an open challenge. 205 Live ends up gone because nobody watches it anyway. We get all of them challenging him. He runs through absolutely everybody with the help of his faction. And we eventually end up with him running out of challengers. So who turns up? But we have a certain someone from NXT UK, Noam Dar. He comes out to challenge and ends up getting obviously ripped to bits by the other members of Legado del Fantasma, so doesn't even get a fair crack at the whip. So, Noam Dar's out the window, and then we end up getting kind of a few other wee names here and there. We even say we get, um, we get a certain Jordan Devlin, who has a claim at the Cruiserweight Championship, but he also gets unfairly dismissed um, from that match. He ends up getting a, a, another match at, at a pay-per-view, at a takeover, and then he gets beaten cleanly, but ends up back in NXT UK. So we're still looking for a challenger here. And then we get that infamous Pirates of the Caribbean-esque music. Leighton Buzzard comes out on TV, complete underdog, and gets beaten. Um, it gets beaten unfairly, and we end up with Leighton Buzzard challenging Santa Santos Escobar to a pirate ship match. And we get a match in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium in the pirate ship that is on the, um, the, the stand where Kevin Owens was meant to jump off of. Leighton Buzzard wins the, the Cruiserweight Championship and takes it back to NXT UK where he makes that the secondary championship and just does the open challenge and competes against absolutely everybody with him facing in the very first um, pay-per-view match, Noam Dar. So I back your fag packet stuff, but there we go. Like it. Use good bonus points, I would say, for the use of a pirate ship. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to have uh, Alistair Black by his side with his eye patch on as well, but I decided against that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Alex, you're up next. Go for it. All right, mine took a little bit of a twist about half an hour before we started recording, and it probably will now make no sense. But uh, here we go. So, uh, Johnny Slade is, is a man that loves opportunity, so he's going to announce a Heritage Opportunity Battle Royale for that last spot in the upcoming Heritage Cup in NXT UK. So we're going to fill the ring with all the talent, including all those Scottish boys that we mentioned, and of course, Taylor Bate, just for good measure. Now, towards the end of the match, the three ICW boys, Lane Buzzard, Kieran Kelly, and Andy Wilde, start to team up a little bit and get down to just Tyler Bate. As the two boys, as Leighton and uh, Kieran go to eliminate Tyler, he, uh, they, he cools them down and they both go over the top. In the meantime, Andy's distracted by Trent Seven. So those two just sneak back in the ring and eliminate Tyler Bate because they're pissed off he lost. So Andy Wilde wins the match, but without actually even realising he wins the match. He's not happy about this. Trent and Pete are not happy about this. No one's really happy about this. So the fallout of this starts to kind of come out through the tournament. So in the first match, uh, Andy Wilde is up against um, Alexander Wolfe. And so Kieran Kelly and uh, Leighton Buzzard tried to come out to interfere for Andy Wilde again during that match. 
but they run into Imperium trying to do the same thing for Alexander Wolf and then go and have this like crazy backyard ball for the hell of it. Um, in the second match, he comes up against big old Noam Dar. Now, both the Scottish boys again try to interfere in this match, but for some reason they can't decide who they actually want to attack, which at this point, Dar and Wilde just decide to say fuck them and kick them out of the ring. So Andy Wilde somehow goes over Noam Dar and they shake hands like a very respectful match, and he goes on to the final against Trent Seven. Now, Trent and Tyler are still really quite pissed off at him here for his... Um, for his pathetic use, for his like screwing around with them during the battle royal, and halfway during the match, the cheeky wee Leighton Buzzard and um, Kieran Kelly come down and try to paint Tyler Breeze's Tyler Bates towel with some chloroform or something that he's using in the breaks in between the match, but he gets caught by Trent Seven, and this turns into like a bit of a full heel turn from British Strong Style, and they essentially just go wild, wild beat down Andy Wild, win the match to win the Heritage Cup. At the end of the cup, they all get on stage and they declare that. They've had enough of this nonsense. The true heritage of British professional wrestling is in England, and they're renaming themselves as English Strong Style. At the same time, we have Gallus come out to back up Andy Wilde. Over at NXT, shit's been hitting the fan. Finn Balor started the Balor Club. He's dismantled the Undisputed Era, and he brings across a new Irish arm of that, led by Jordan Devlin. And then we can create some kind of weird Cardiff mod squad, which means we can bring us all to NXT TakeOver Glasgow in the Hydro, where we can have a Civil War war games match between Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Oh, and that's I like it. I missed I missed the point. There was meant to be a point when Leighton Buzzard and Kieran Kelly actually successfully managed to choke out Tyler Bate by using his towel, but I missed that part and got confused. I apologize. Yep. So they were the Franz Ferdinand of this situation. They fired the first shot that started the war. I thought you meant the band, not the, not the, not <laughs> No, the, I meant the Archduke of Austro-Hungary, John. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right. uh, that means that the takeover of Glasgow takes place in the afternoon as in a matinee performance. Oh my exactly. god. Alright. <laughs> Just take him out. Hey! Well since 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 Gary didn't actually end up, I'll show you what this was what I thought we'd all we were literally all gonna end up at some kind of UK takeover in Glasgow. So I made us like a nice little Oh nice little graphic. I like that. But oh, apparently Gary didn't go to takeover yeah. Glasgow, so it's wasted now. Yeah, but I'm not going there either. I'm going in a very different way. So my three minutes start now. Okay. So the Bucky boys were kind of um, big and they kind of reunited. So we find Davey and Stevie together with the wee man um, and they're going for the tag titles against the Fight Network. And however, that's at the next uh, big ICW show. However, they lose the tag match um, for the, the, the titles and it's all Stevie's fault. Davey goes apple. He goes mental because he's, he's not having it. Gets in the ring, absolutely batters Stevie Boy. Um, wee Man tries to jump in, separate it, batters the Wee Man. He then get, exits, the, exits the ring. Two uh, marks that have been put in the crowd uh, say something to him. He batters the marks. Mark Dallas runs down with security. He batters Mark Dallas. Security drag him out, the police are called, and you see on the on the, the screens, Davy Blaze getting stuck into a police car. Absolutely going mental, right? He's written off of TV. I, Mark Dallas comes out, sacked from ICW. He's done in this company. When he hit, maybe a, a few months of vignettes where 
basically Mark Dallas gets asked if he wants to press charges, he says no, but he thinks he needs rehabilitation. Davy goes into rehabilitation, get vignettes. Not like, you know, your Kane, Daniel Bryan kind of thing. It's more serious kind of vignettes of Davy going through this kind of, I guess, maybe Tony Soprano and uh, Dr. Melfi kind of scenes with uh, Davy going through his rehabilitation. Anyway, he comes out of rehabilitation. There's another vignette of him meeting Mark, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm sorted now, I, I'm good to go. In the meantime, in the background, a, a tournament's been set up in ICW to win an NXT UK contract, which then Davey gets involved with. So he goes through the, the tournament, you know, he's shaking hands with everyone before his match, you know, but he's beating people, you know, he's being the good, you know, baby face, heel holding up the other person's hand at the end, all that sort of stuff, until we get to the final. And in the final, it's Davy Boy versus Stevie Boy. Now, Stevie Boy's looking a bit way, but again, Davy's shaking the hand at the start. And then, just as the match was about to start, they're shaking hands, Davy pulls him towards him saying, I'm not rehabilitated at all. He fucking does a Brock versus Cena, and he batters Stevie Boy. Absolutely annihilates him. And so, the psycho Davy Blaze is born with the NXT UK contract in his hand. He marches into NXT UK as the psycho Davy Blaze. The end. Do you know where I thought you were going with that for a second? See when the Polis put Davy in the back of the Polis car, I thought the Polis were going to turn up at NXT UK and the two Polis that would get out would be Grado for Scott Squad and Rab as the quality Polis for Burnley's team. Why one complaint, John, is you can't call him the psycho because we've already got a Scottish psychopath and he's the WWE champion. Ah, psychopath. That's <laughs> different. That's different. But Davey Boy is a psycho uh, and just Davey just going full on mental and because Davey's so big and huge now that it just, it's like proper like, I'm thinking... Uh, Begby for train spotting proper that that kind of Scottish psycho kind of thing. So that's my booking. Um, we had Alex with the 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 Quan Wars uh, and an XT UK Glasgow, and we had Gary in a pirate ship match, which is just brilliant. Um, so yeah, we'll be putting them up for the vote. Get on board patreoncom forward Vote on your favourite booking, um, and we'll be back next week with the results. So that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft Demarks. Remember to please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Rab and Gregor will be back on Friday with the headline show. I uh, hope you all did your homework uh, on the re- for the retro review and that was to watch Gregor's favourite film of all time, Layer Cake. So uh, if you've got your reviews of Layer Cake, please get them into Rab and Gregor this week. Um, list of Wrestling Daft, it's been really tight. Uh, much like Fancy Booking Island 23 to 22 was the final vote count the most underrated wrestlers versus the most overrated wrestlers and it was the most underrated wrestlers that won so that'll be the list of wrestling daft this week boys have you got any suggestions for the most underrated wrestlers I'm trying to think of like weird ones that people wouldn't normally say there's been like a big name somewhere see people like I don't know, like Ultimo Dragon or some one of these like young cruiserweights or like Yeah, someone like that. Someone who's been like really big in many countries but was never particularly huge in the States. So I'm gonna stick with I Ultimo think, Dragon. I think you're gonna get a lot of 
you're going to get a lot of people saying Cesaro, but for me, a few came to mind. Um, I would say two people that could have easily been the first ever British WWE champion, William Regal, but obviously he had some success, and Bad News Barrett. But for me, yeah. I'm going to be that guy. The two that came to mind instantly, and I don't know why, the first one was the guy that I'm a huge mark for right now in Grand Metalik. The yeah. other one was S.A. Rios. I thought S.A. Rios was brilliant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, uh, good shouts, Maybe boys. Even I watch back, I might disagree with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll, those names will definitely appear on the list. You no, know, actually, who else might be a good shout? The original guy who played Sin Cara, because he was huge as Mystico, and then he came to the States absolutely bombed, but he's actually really well regarded everywhere other than the Western Western world. Botch Cara was the original one, wasn't it? It was just like... Well, that's the guy, that's Mystico. Like, he was huge and really well respected and next to him before he came up. But I believe he is again now. There you go. There you go. You might appear back in the WWE scene, Cara Mark too. Who knows? Um, remember, get do all the rating review. Gary, what are you up to this week? Where can we get you? What's happening? Um, I interviewing Jenny from NXT UK tomorrow, I think. Some it will be out before NXT UK actually takes place um, on Thursday. So I that will be doing that, and then yeah, who knows about the rest of the week? Probably just playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. But I'll be on uh, Twitter as Wrestling Gary. So anything that does happen, I'll be posting it there. I'm impressed that it's taken to the, this part of the podcast for a mention of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater because you've been <laughs> on it all bloody week. Uh, Alex, what about you? What are you up to? Where can we get you? Well, obviously, currently playing Tony Hawk's Pro Scare, and then, as I mentioned earlier, we've got the re-release of Super Mario 64. John, not out this week, so I mean, yeah, that's it's probably going to be... Because my wee boy, is, is he thinks it's out already, it's not out yet. No, it's Friday, so you get Mario 64 on Friday, then you get the G1 on Saturday, so it's a glorious weekend. Oh, what weekend. a weekend you've got. Super Mario and the G1 this weekend. I, I like all of the cool things, and I mean, this is not perhaps the reason why I am still single, but I mean... <laughs> well, at least you're not married to your best friend. Um, right, okay. And another big game that's out this week is uh, WWE Battlegrounds is out on Friday. Oh, is that out on Friday as well? That'd be interesting. We should do a review on it next week. Is anyone buying it, though? No. I might do. I might Probably do. Ah, one, one three hundred and seventy-five pound. I think I can spare thirty-five. Ah, that's true. Yeah, guys, keep in mind. Yeah, you can, you can afford to buy. Uh, you should do a live stream with Rab versus Grado to see how that part pans out. I think there will be one winner in that match. Um, thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Daft the Marks. Uh, until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.